The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2454. We learned a bit more about the mysterious way of the Mandalore in season 2 of the Mandalorian, specifically that whole this is the way business, right, and the stuff that would come up with it. But we also learned that rules are made to be broken, and we're going to dig into that a little bit today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So the way of the Mandalore was expressed as a thing in season one of the Mandalorian and there were a number of adherents to it. They were all part of that Mandalorian covert that existed on Navarro and were being led presumably by the armorer who is still alive as far as we know. We last saw her taking out a bunch of stormtroopers at the end of season one. Many of those Mandalorians are unfortunately dead, but some others may well have escaped and we may see them in future seasons of The Mandalorian. But going into season two of The Mandalorian, there were really you know, very few things that we knew about the way of the Mandalore. One philosophical thing and one rather concrete thing. The philosophical thing was that to follow the way of the Mandalore is to be both hunter and prey. Aha, okay, great. And the concrete thing was about never removing one's helmet in front of another person and never having it removed for you. So in season two, we find out from Bo-Katan that the people who are following the way of the Mandalore are actually part of a group called the Children of the Watch. And they are, in Bo-Katan's reckoning, a group of religious zealots that want to return to a very old traditional style of Mandalorian. But as we see in season two of The Mandalorian, as Din is separated from his tribe and is only focused on his clan of two with him and Grogu, his interpretation of what is proper and necessary as part of the way of the Mandalore is subject to evolution. Now, I suppose we could find out at some point that there may be conditions on the whole removal of the helmet. You know, maybe if you're deciding to do it in order to save someone, maybe there's a little exception in the bylaws or something like that. Probably, you know, not having it removed by an enemy. That's probably just, you know, straight verboten. But yeah, they're, you know, probably not. It's probably going to be the case that as our titular Mandalorian has done things that take him off the way of the Mandalore, that there's going to be increasing tension for him when he eventually reunites with some members of his tribe and or the armorer herself in future seasons of the Mandalorian. Then you can imagine a scenario where he has some sort of significant interaction with the armorer and talks about his experiences and you know, whether it would be heresy for him to have acted in the way that he did or if it would be 
on the one hand understandable that he did, but on the other hand, it would also get him kicked out of the way of the Mandalore and of this tribe. So just, you know, there's no help for it. Like he did what he had to do and it was the right thing to do. And yet it would also cause this bad result for him. The question then becomes, can he join in with any other Mandalorians? And it seems like the groups of Mandalorians that he knows, like the answer is no for both of them, right? He has violated the way the Mandalore is expressed by the armor, and so he can't necessarily go back to them unless they're willing to make that exception. And he's not going to be able to join up with Bo-Katan's group because Bo-Katan sees him as an enemy now to some degree. I mean, certainly, you know, they were helpful in defeating Moff Gideon, but he's in possession of the Darksaber and rightfully so, according to everything that she and others believe about the Darksaber's history. And she is going to have to defeat him in combat in order to get it back from him. No offering and yielding is going to do it. So season three is going to be really difficult for our Mandalorian because he is now a Mandalorian without a tribe and without a clan since his only other clan member has now gone off with Luke Skywalker. Now, not that I would necessarily think of it this way, but yeah, I don't see the Mandalorian as being the kind of person who would try to say, oh no, I didn't take my helmet off, everything's fine, the next time he runs across the armor or anyone else from the tribe. But it occurred to me to think back about who actually has seen him without his helmet on, or who knows that he's taken off his helmet and is still living to tell the tale. And the list is actually very short. I think we can safely presume that anyone who may have saw his face in chapter 15 of the show The Believer is probably dead with all the explosions at that mining facility, with the exception of one person who would be Miggs Mayfeld. And then, of course, Luke Skywalker and Grogu have seen his face as well in chapter 16. R2-D2 saw it too, but, you know, same IG-11 <laughs> exemption. He's not a living being and so therefore doesn't count. So really it's only three people who have actually seen his face and are currently still alive. Migs and Luke and Grogu. There are another, what is it, five people who are aware that he has taken off his helmet but haven't necessarily seen his face. And of those five people, two of them are not going to give him any grief for it, right? So Cara Dune is one of those five, and Fennec Shand is the other one. They won't have any problem. The people who know that he took his helmet off and could cause a problem for him, even if they haven't seen his face, are, you know, fall into two factions. First is Moff Gideon, right? And he... <laughs> has every reason to cause trouble for the Mandalorian at this point, for sure. And then on the other side of it, the other two are Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves. So even if Din wanted to rejoin his tribe, you can bet that Bo-Katan and Koska would not really want to help him out in that regard, even though they certainly work together on this. But there are bigger things at stake overall with the fate of who will rule Mandalore and rightfully. So there you go. That's what we know and saw <laughs> tossed aside about the way of the Mandalore and who actually has seen Din's face and who is aware that he has violated one of the rules of the way of the Mandalore. And that is where we're going to leave this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you 
wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respected trademark and copyright holders, may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.